All right, all right. Let's get out of that into what we need to talk to because we have got uh, things to cover here. Uh, where have we been talking in the Bible? Abraham, Exodus. Genesis. Abraham, Genesis. Yes. Oh, Genesis. Abraham. I hope so because that's what I prepared tonight. Genesis. Uh, I knew we were talking about Abraham. Yes. Genesis. So he is in Abraham. Remember last week, and I'm not going to go over his whole life, um, but he has now had a couple of major promises in his life. He's in the promised land, and he's going to have a child. Okay. Last week, he was visited in his tent. By whom? God. Two angels and God. God, right? So God shows up. And I thought you couldn't see God. It's because Abraham is God's friend and he recognized him. <laughs> Here's the thing. There are many, right? There are many what they call pre-incarnate Christs, okay? That, have sh- that show up before Christ came to earth and was born as a baby. He showed up with Joshua. And he showed up with Abraham. And he showed up with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Okay, so there are God shows up and incarnate. Okay, in the flesh is what that means. Then, typically, what we believe is that is Jesus. Okay, a veiled God. Because if God's presence came right in front of you, you'd die. Moses wanted to see God, and God says, okay, I'll walk by you, and I'll put my hand over you, and as I just pass by, you'll see the very back of my, of my cloak. And when he did that, he was glowing for the rest of his life, okay? <laughs> just for just the seeing the back, like, fold of his cloak, okay? Just to say, yes, I am powerful, and I am, you can't see me. Yes, I am, but I am t- taking myself down to be with you. Okay, so he visits for two reasons, and why the first reason was to confirm one of the promises, which was what? Going to have a son, and who is going to be the mother? Sarah. Sarah. And she laughs. <laughs> yeah, right. But inside. But inside, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's how you really know it's God because I heard you laugh, okay? <laughs> and I called you on it because God is good at that, calling us on our faults, all right? And the second reason that he came along was to have a conversation with Abraham, and really it displayed Abraham's faith, his kindness, his grace, his mercy, and it was a chance for God to show all the same. His kindness and mercy. Okay, What's he going to do? What's he coming to tell him? About Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Sodom and Gomorrah were two cities. Sodom and Gomorrah. I think that's right. Two M's. And one R, I think. Okay. Either way. No, there's one M and two R's. You're right. Oh. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah are two cities. Now, you remember a while back, here is um, Abraham and Lot. 
They looked exactly like this. These are scale drawings. And here they are on a mountaintop. Exactly like that, too. With nice watered plain, rivers coming through it. Hey, and everything's wonderful down here. This is all green and lush, and this is all rough, but you know, you can you can go through the terrain and, and feed your flocks. They're having a little bit of a battle. Or at least their herds people, the people that work for them that take care of their herds, are having a battle. And they're fighting. Everybody's watching as they fight. So Abraham, being a man of God, says, Lot, you tell me where you want to go. You want to take that well-watered green plain down there? You guys go down there and feed your flock. You want to take the mountainside? Uh, take the mountainside. You tell me what you want to do, and I will take the other. So Lot looks down and says, green and watered or rough mountains? Hmm. Yeah, I'll take the green and watered, and <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> and down he goes and camps. Okay, he begins. That's his tense. Okay, he's camping down in the watered plains, which is typical for that family, right? They are... Um, they are a Bedouin type people. They are a people that move. They pick up their tents. They go where they need to go to do their waters. They constantly are on the move. They might stay somewhere for a week, a month, a year, but they're going to move, okay? They pick up, they pack up, and they move. So he is in the tents, moving around. And that's what Abraham's doing up on the mountainsides. He finds a spot. The whole, they make an encampment, and they keep going, all right? So, Lot's story kind of split off as he's down into the valley. We've been following Abraham for a while, and last week, Abraham, God says, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham knows, or maybe he feels like, I don't know if he knows exactly whether Lot is living in Sodom or not. Maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. But either way, he says, well, God, if there's 50 righteous people, would you, would you destroy it? Or wouldn't you save it for 50 righteous people? And, and God says, yes, I'd save it for 50 righteous people. And then, well, if there's 40. I mean, if you're going to save it for 50, how about 40 and, and 30? And, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, God, but what about 25? Or And he gets down to the number 10. And God says, okay, if there are 10 righteous people in those cities, I will save them. Well, there's not. God has already decided what he's going to do God already knows the hearts of all the people that live down in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? And Abraham, again, is trying to do his best to show mercy. He is trying to do his best because if, if Lot is living in one of those towns, maybe he knows it. And he's trying to protect him. Okay? But he doesn't know all the things that are going on down in those towns. He does know the reputation, and the reputation is not good. We're going to go down into that city tonight and see one of the strangest chapters in the whole Bible. It is strange, okay? 
It is odd from the beginning to the end. Uh, it is unusual. There's some terrible stuff that happens in it, but it is part of this story. And it shows some different things about God, and it shows some different things about humankind, okay? So uh, let's dig into, we'll, we'll get to chapter 19 of the book of Genesis, but first I want you to, I think you touched on this verse last week in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter number 16, as we talked about what the reputation of Sodom was, Chapter 16, verse number 49. Go ahead, 49 and 50. All right, this is the reputation in God's eyes of what the problem is in Sodom, okay? Chapter 16 of Ezekiel, verse 49 and 50, please. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the head of the poor in me. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Okay. So, what's their problems? There's a list. They have too much pride. Okay. Pride is an issue. What else? It says fullness of bread. All right. So... What could be the problem with fullness of bread? Well, it says later that they um, didn't strengthen the hand of the poor and needed to, so they didn't pop. Okay, so one thing is, one thing is they're used to having a lot. Okay, they're filled all the time, and they don't share with needy people. So, so they're not generous at all. Okay, but. Another thing about the fullness of bread is when we get satisfied with the way we live, we don't care about anything. Okay, that's, that's one of those things. And this is in God's eyes, and you'll see what he's going to do with this city, but in God's eyes, these are problems. Okay, what else is there? There's a couple more in there. Abundance of idleness. Okay, so idleness means I don't do anything. I'm lazy. Okay? Sit around a lot, and I feel like I don't have to do anything. I'm not fastidious, or I'm not hardworking. Like a person with a butler. Well, it could be. And what else? One more, I think? Haughty. 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 So what does that mean? Like, on the high horse, kind of. Yep. Basically filled with pride. It's filled with pride. It's treating people poorly. That's what it is. Some of the Germans thought, like the Nazi party run by Hitler, they thought, oh, Germans are better than I'm, be I'm better than everybody else. And that's haughty. Okay, so these are the four issues, essentially. This one with the fullness of bread and don't share with the poor, a couple of them. So four or five issues. Basically greedy. Yep, they're greedy, they're prideful, they're lazy, and they're haughty. Now, that's not what you're going to see Although you'll see it wrapped up in the story, you're going to see something else much more shocking than that when we look at this chapter, chapter 19 of the verse uh, of Genesis. So we'll pick up in the first verse and read through verse 5 to get the first little part of the story, okay? Wherever we left off there, please. 
Genesis chapter 19, verse number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, please. And he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, unto your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, they, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed, compassed around the, compassed the house around, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. Okay, so here is the beginning of the story. Two angels come down. Now, we've, they've just left, from what we can tell, the previous story, they've just left uh, the presence of Abraham. He's been negotiating. Okay, not really negotiating, but he's been asking God for mercy um, on these people. And immediately that evening, two angels go down into Sodom. Okay, and they go and they sit in the center of town. Now Lot, here's the thing about Lot. Lot is sitting at the city gate. In order to sit at the city gate, there were typically, that's where judgments were made. Okay, so he had some sort of rank within the city there of Sodom. Which means he was sort of respected by these people at least. Okay, um... And he watched the two men come into the city, sit down in the center of the town, say the city square, and in his mind he knows something. He knows a dark secret about this town. A secret that may not be so secret, but to two strangers that just happen to wander in through, he knows something really bad could happen to these men. And it was considered very, very rude by all of the people uh, from Israel in all of their traditions not to bring in guests. Okay? You take people into your home. But I think there's more than that. And he goes up to the two men and says, Come on into my house. I will take care of you. We'll wash your feet. It's been a long journey. I'll take care of you. And the men say, No, no, no. We'll stay out in the street. No, you're going to come into my house. You've got to come into my house. And I'm going to take care of you. And, and he kind of, it says he really pressed them. They must have said, nah, we're good. We're all set. We don't need anything. We don't want to bother you. No, you've got to come into my house. And he gets desperate because he understands something dark and deep and terrible about this city. He knows who these people are in the city. And he knows something's very bad is going to happen to them if he leaves them out into the city square. And so he brings them in. 
And it doesn't take long before you see the people from the city. Now, where, who were they? It said specifically who they were. They were from, they were men that came in from both old and young and from every quarter of the city. So all four corners of the city. All of the men came to the door of Lot's house. Banging on the door. Very insistent. All right? Like they want to meet everyone that comes to the city, get to know them, see if they're there to or we're not like a bounty hunter or something like that. Much more than that. In Old English, it says we want you to send those two men out because we want to get to know them. That is not what they mean. They want to have sex with them. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that is what they want. They want whomever, how many ever, I don't know if there's a hundred men out there or a thousand. It's all the old and young men from all around the city. <clears throat> That's much worse than that, yes. So, there it is. They want to rape these men. That's what they want to do. And you, did I read that right? You know, is this not, I mean, right? Is this, I thought this was a Bible story. We're going so good along with Abraham and, and then, yeah, the city's evil. But remember, God has been talking to Abraham, who is the one righteous man in the whole land, really. And Lot is his nephew, okay? Lot is his nephew, and Lot lived with him but chose to leave. All right, so here he is, and there's a whole bunch of guys outside, and they want to rape those two guys. I mean, what a, what a twisted place. And yet, you can imagine some of those things in our society today. Not far from it. There's a very dark underside of much of what we live on, and I think you can get on the Internet and see the tip of the iceberg. I think there is a much darker, darker underworld in the U.S. And I don't mean in another place in the U.S. I mean throughout the U.S. It's very dark things that go on. Okay? And most people are too scared to admit it because they're worried about getting killed and all that. So, here it is. And, and, and Lot is going to defend them. All right, verse 6 and 7, Lot is now on the inside of the door and the whole city is pounding on the outside of the door. All right, verse 6 and 7, please. And Lot went out of the door unto them and shut the door after him. And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. All right, so is Lot good or is he bad? No, he was there. <laughs> okay, so... Probably that, he can't, like, if he was that bothered by it, would he be living there? All right. Well, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to write this down because I like that. He's living in Sodom, right? And so, what is it we do? We immediately make judgment about that, right? Okay? And, and every one of us does because you're thinking, well, from what I'm seeing, that's true. <clears throat> now, what else do we know about what he did? He's trying to protect the two men inside the house, though. He's trying to protect those two men. He insisted and got them in, right? He didn't just let them out. 
there. He insisted, you come in my house. Because he's not going to let them stay out there because they're going to rape him. He knows. He knows what's going to happen. Okay? He did shut the door behind him. He knows the place. So okay, so so let's so let's let's give him something for trying to protect him. Okay. Basically, he's kind of in between nice and evil. All right, so he protects the two angels. And he puts himself at risk. There's all yeah. those people outside his house. Like over five thousand, probably. Himself at risk, and we don't know. Big group of people. Okay, so there he is. Don't do this thing. I beg you. Then let's make another judgment. We're going to read two, um, verse 8 and 9. Two more verses. Look, I've got two daughters who haven't been intimate with a man. I'll bring that out to you and you can do whatever you want to them. However, don't do anything to these men because they have come under the protection of my roof. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came into so sojourn or to so live with us. Sojourn and he will lead be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. So this is a confusing chapter. So it's twisted, right? <laughs> Here, don't hurt these crazies. Take my daughter So what do you think about Lot now? Oh, yeah, I, I hate him. He, you hate him? Okay. I'd rather this girl too strange. Understood. Understood. He's like, I'll take my daughters. Yeah, so, so do you what think... What if the daughters are or something like that? Okay, all right, all right. I'd rather throw out two complete so, things out of my house right. than my own daughters. So one thing you said is you, you, you hate him right now, right? Because yeah, he's I'd not so good. You hate him, okay, right now. And then you said uh, he has low standards. Like, yeah. First of all, he like assumed that the guys were going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll come out. He was well, like, don't go do that. Right, right. So there's other problems here, right? If, if he wasn't in the city, none of this would be there, right? Right, so there was some small choices that got him there. And they were teeny tiny choices because he didn't start there. He lived in a tent. And then eventually he probably, whether, you know, whether where he got married, we don't know. We don't know where he picked up his wife. Maybe he married her from there. Maybe that was a compromise well, that he made. Well, okay? like story? Yep, as we'll get to that part of it. But first, let's finish. So let's finish. She could have come from there. Okay. Maybe his family really liked living in Sodom. Maybe there was a lot of other things that they liked about it. Like okay. the of food. They probably had a lot of food and they liked that. Yep. And, okay. Tried to ignore the everything we do, though, everything we do is a choice, right? And we make a choice and we say, oh, I would never live like that. Just be careful. We live in a world very much like Sodom. I would never do that. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, so then let's see what else happens. Alright, so here it is. He says that. So they say something back to him. 
All right, these people, these men in Sodom, in verse number 9, say something back to him. And you came here to sojourn. In other words, we let you in this town, and then you did something. In the verse. Yes. You, who are you? To judge us. To judge us. Whether this is right or wrong. Who are you? So think about this. And here's here's one of the things you say. Well, that this is a terrible city, and who would know? And there are things that have happened even within the borders of the United States and many, many things that would probably make people in Sodom blush. And there's lots and lots of nasty things, okay, that have happened. Be careful because we also live in a land and a time that acts much like this. And what are people's response when you tell them, that's wrong, don't do that? Oh, really? Try judging yourself. Who are you to tell me what's wrong? Yeah, like they'll go, try judging yourself first. Right. So let's flip over. Keep your hand in Genesis. Let's flip over to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 2 and 3. This is, Timothy's a pastor, a young, young pastor, actually. They think maybe in his 20s. Um, and he is giving some advice of things that will happen at the end and what we are to do at the end. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. I don't know where we are. We're at Audrey's. No, not Audrey. Oh. Eli's turn. It's in like. Go ahead. You can read it. Okay. So preach the word, be ready. Instant, in season, out of season. So be ready to give an answer, to tell the truth. Okay? And here's why. Verse number three. Okay, so here it is, and Timothy is saying this, people's natural tendencies are, get away from me, I want to hear what I want to hear, I want to do what I want to do. Don't you tell me what's wrong, especially people that have their conscience bothered a little bit, or maybe have been ignoring their conscience for a long time. Okay, don't you tell me what's wrong. Now, in our country today, you have a lot of that. And people get very, very defensive and angry when you say, but we should do the right thing. Probably because they think this thing will benefit them better. And that's true. They think that. And it says their, their own lusts tell them, I want to do what I want to do, and you can't stand in my way. Lots of people want okay. to do that even with, like, some people... 
actually don't even have a conscience sometimes. Well, they had one, but they didn't listen to it, and it seared and seared and seared and burned until it was harder and harder to listen to it, until it was gone. Okay? So, well, they, they can, and they can always turn to God, but they don't want to. And that's what often happens. And God is very merciful. God has probably spoken to the lives of every one of these people in Sodom many, many times, given them opportunities, people that came in, visitors, strangers, even Lot came into that city. Now think about that. Why is Lot there? Maybe he's not made good choices. But something he said to them has gotten to their heads, right? Because the very first, hey, don't do this thing. Any other alternative is better. Do something else. Can't you choose anything better? Who are you to judge me? Well, let's go on. See what happens. Verse number 10 and 11 in chapter 19, please, of Genesis. Okay. If you guys meet someone named Al Tripoli, please avoid him. Okay. Let's, 10 and 11, chapter 19 of book of Genesis. We're at the line. Okay. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. All right, here they are. The angels reach out, grab Lot, pull them back in, because they're angry at Lot. They're coming to bust the door down. They're coming to kill Lot. Now, I mean, he's, he's far beyond what can happen. There's no way to save him, except those guys pull him in the house. All right? And the angels, being from God, give the guys blindness outside. And so they were rushing at the door, and all of a sudden now they can't even find the door. All right? Apparently a little stupidness, too, because they can't find the door that was right in front of them. All right? So they're, they're blinded inside and outside, which really just represents how they live their lives. They choose to be blind in so many ways. All right? And they are just wandering around looking for anything that they can. And here is what happens, which is it's very interesting. Let's continue to read in verse number 12 through 14, please, as we keep the story going. Verse 12. And the man said unto Lot, Hast thou there any besiding son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters, and whosoever thou hast in the city, bringing them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons, uh, get ye out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Okay. So here, here's the story. Um, angels say, if there's anybody else in this town you want to save, you're going to have to convince them to leave. You got children, married children out there. So Lot's lived here for a while. He's got 
daughters that have married other men from the city. And he goes and talks to the the family and says, they're going to destroy this place. It's going to be gone. We have to leave now. And they think they're messing with him. You're joking, right? Yeah, right. Uh Uh-huh. Crazy lot. What's he know about it? Right? And they don't want to hear anything about it. Which, now think of how Lot feels about that. You think he's got some regrets of he's coming like, well, into that city? My family doesn't listen to me. Now I don't, I feel like I should never take him in the first place now. He's regretting probably some of the things he's done. Some of the choices he made. The little ones each day. And got him there. Okay? But, at this moment, it's not his choice anymore. He's done what he can do. He's told the men of the city to stop. And they wouldn't. He's told his family, let's go. And he comes back to the place, verse 15, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. They waited all night long. Men outside the doors, wandering around the cities, blind. Bumping into each other. He went out, talked to those sons, and maybe he pleaded much of the night with his son-in-laws and finally went back home thinking the whole way, what if I hadn't done this? What if I'd been somewhere else? He knew what he should do. Okay? So, verse number... Let me see where we are. Let me read. While he lingered, the men laid a hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and the hand of his two daughters. So each of the angels takes a hand. One daughter and his wife. The other one's got one daughter and Lot because they're sort of standing there. And they said, we can't stand here anymore. Let's get out now. And they run out of the city right then and there. The Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto him, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to thee uh, to, to flee unto, and it's a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is not. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, for thou which hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thou thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Okay, so they take him out of the city. Go! Run! Get out of this thing! Go up to the mountains and get out of there! Ah, I can't go all the way to the mountains. I'd probably... I'd probably die up in the mountains. The lot has taken on some of the... the... markings of being in Sodom. 
okay? He doesn't really want to leave. He doesn't really want to do things the way that he should. This is a desperate time. God's going to destroy the cities and the whole plane as far as God was concerned. And he asked for mercy for Zoar. Now, is there something more to that? Does he know somebody in the city of Zoar? Maybe. We don't really ever know well, that. But, and, and he said, it's just a small city. He's, he likes the comforts of a city. Okay. And remember, that was part of their thing. The fullness of bread, being comfortable, was their issue. One of their issues. I'm always full and I'm always feeling good. just want to feel good. Okay, That can become a God in and of itself. And it leads to idleness and laziness and pride, of course, uh, as they think they have the best thing going. All right, verse 24. Then the Lord rained fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Alright? So remember, they're already in another city. They're not running back like they picture in the movies or they're running back and she just looks back quick. And They're already in another city and God says, I'm not going to do anything until you get in that city. So she is now in that city looking back. And she turned to salt. Wishing she was there. And of course... She's lamenting what she left. Now, they left children behind in there. Perhaps and that's, that's terrible. But so what, and maybe it was, but Lot had that opportunity. Lot really did a lot of messed up things, right? He made some choices, and it really he paid. And that's the thing about it. You pay for choices that you make. We all have consequences for choices that we make. Now, crazy thing. And I won't read it for sake of time here because I want to get through one other thing. But after a little while, Lot got scared to be in the city. Of Zoar even. And he said, I'm going to go up to the mountains. And so he took his two daughters up to the mountains. His daughters did not want to leave the city. And so there they were. One night, the two daughters made a plan. One younger and one older. And they said, we're stuck up here in the mountains. We'll never find a man. <laughs> and yes! So they made a plan. To get their father so drunk he couldn't move. And That's not right. each of them. No. Now it says in the in the Bible, if you read the rest of that verse, he does not know. He is so drunk, he's unaware of them getting down next to him even. They, he didn't even know. Right? He's so drunk. Now, they, they did this on purpose, and it wasn't just one of them. One did it one night, and one did it another night. So, how do you think, how do you think Lot did with his life in general? 
Not so hot, okay? You got, you know, we, we see he protected the angels, uh, put himself at risk for them. Um, he did flee the city. He did believe, right? But you really love to hate this guy, right? He's really just messed up his life. His daughters are all twisted in their thinking now. I mean... Uh, the only status approval we can get is if we have a man kind of thing. So, so he's got pretty low standards, it seems. He's lost his wife. He's lost his children in the city. And now, incest... Because he was so drunk, he didn't even know what he's doing. He probably hit someone for all he knows. Who knows? So, here's the strange thing. And I wanted to get to this because if you turn to 2 Peter, we see what we think about Lot. Okay? 2 Peter, chapter number 2. So we finish this up. 2 Peter, chapter 2. Verse number 6 through 9, I'll read it. Just follow along. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 6 through 9. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example, or an ensample, unto those that after should live ungodly. Okay? That's a warning to people. Sodom and Gomorrah is a warning. Live godly. Verse 7, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his soul, his righteous soul, from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. Huh. So here's what God says about Lot. Calls him righteous twice. Okay. And just. Which is not what we picked for him, right? <laughs> not much. We had the, okay, he protected the angels and he put himself at risk. And that's but about the best he did. <laughs> not such a good thing, but... But he was willing to leave. He was willing to leave. And his wife, I feel like the only reason she looked back is because her dead children. She's like, my kids died in this. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know exactly, but we do know... I mean, she grew up in that city. Who might miss their hometown? Mm-hmm. But but here's the thing. Here's the whole thing. It's not just about missing the good things. There wasn't much good left in that town. And everyone said, we are not listening to God. And if they're doing those types of things, like they did just that one night to two strangers that happened to Walson, what else are they doing? So, this is where we take... What seemed to, which is a twisted chapter, right? I mean, the twists and turns are like, what is going on? What happened? Are you kidding me? That just. And then God says this He is just, and His soul is righteous. So somewhere, 
probably with Abraham, when he, before he stood on that mountain, his heart turned to the Lord. And yes, he made some incremental steps into really poor choices. Really poor choices. I mean, stupid poor choices. And he paid dearly, losing many of his kids. The two nations that come out of the two babies from his two daughters, okay, end up being many of them, many generations of, of enemies towards Israel. Okay? He paid, and he paid, and he paid. People make big mistakes in this life. But God did not abandon him. It's something to know we may make a big mistake. One big one, ten big ones, I don't know. Or a whole bunch of little choices that get us into a place we never would have imagined. We never thought we were so prideful. We never thought we were so filled with idleness and haughtiness. We never thought about, yeah, I like to be satisfied all the time. I want what I want. I don't care what anybody else wants. Remember, none of these sins that God talked about for Sodom have anything to do with sex. And yeah, that's the thing we see that's really messed I up, right? Could have to deal with that. It, the whole each one of them can because there's problems underneath. That's the thing. There's problems inside, and what's manifesting in one night and and the rest of the life is just from twisted thinking. That's what's manifesting through these circumstances in this whole flipped upside down chapter, because. He made those choices. Yes, he made big mistakes. So have I. I don't tell you about everything I've done in my life and all the things I've thought and, and looked at and thought about and done in my life that I shouldn't have said, okay? But I've made mistakes too. And God does not go on my Righteousness. Remember whose righteousness he covers us with. It's with, with the blood of Christ. That's where righteousness comes from. So, Lot had a relationship with God. He didn't do a good job with, with it. Okay? But he still was saved. And God saved him personally out of that city in the middle of a mess. Now, we don't know much more that happens after that. Maybe he turns his life around. He sure lost a lot. But by the time Lot dies, we know that God has counted him as righteous. And he is probably pulled out of that city. Remember, Abraham said, if there's just ten righteous people, can you save the city? Yeah, if there's ten, I'll save the city. There wasn't ten, but I'll save Lot. And any of his family who will go. Any of them. God, God is... And that's it. There was only four. And God says, I will save those for my name's sake. That's salvation is not because you know what we do? We think oh, I'm I'm pretty good. God save me. That's pride. 
right there, right there we got it wrong. To begin with, our first step. All right, so there are the things we need to do, we need to think about. Lot messed it all up, but yet God saved him. Now, was he repentant? Very likely. Okay? Yeah, that means he turned his life around. He saw, he did wrong, he paid big, and God wants to see people turn their lives around. Sometimes it takes a big knock upside the head for us because we're pretty stubborn. We are. We're pretty stubborn and we all got our own opinion about how things should be. And God sometimes tries to whack you a little bit and all of a sudden, that's not good. Did you get that one? Because you should see that. Because I care more about getting you to the right place, in the right place in your heart, than I do about giving you lots of things in this world. Because those things fade away. Eternal things hold. Lot did have an eternal life. And we will see him in heaven someday. And I will not judge him. Because he will not judge me. Right? God is the judge. God is the judge of what is right. Yes, it's twisted. Yes, it's wrong. Yes, we see what mankind does. They create a disaster in a city like Sodom. And so do we in our society today. But we need to stand. Remember, he was righteous in such a way that God took him out of that city. We need to stand and be righteous and be careful not to let all of the world mark on us but we leave our mark on the world. Okay? Thank you very much. Have a good day.